are Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto. Today is a two-pod day, and I am here to cover all of your Flames needs from Monday night's loss to Anderson's antics, along with the NHL's swift action against referee Tim Peel. Before we jump too far ahead into the episode, I did just want to remind you all to subscribe to the podcast and, of course, make sure that you never miss an episode by downloading our shows every single day. And you can find our podcast on any major podcasting app. (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode Unfortunately, yesterday I was unable to get out an episode because I got my second COVID vaccine and I was exhausted. (laughs) So instead of making you guys suffer through an episode that had no energy, I figured I would come out with two episodes today where we could dissect everything and talk about Monday's game and, you know, that's what we're going to do. The Flames fell to Ottawa 2-1, to which... I mean, the only real reassuring thing here is that the Flames did not let up a touchdown and an extra point, and that it was a Sutter-scoring hockey game. Gaudreau was responsible for the only goal, thanks to a beautiful pass from Milan Lucic, and this was Gaudreau's first even-strength goal since February 11th, so well over a month ago. And he has only had two goals since Sutter has taken over. And he was asked about the system and the style of play. And he said something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing here. He said, whether I'm comfortable with it or not, this is the style of hockey that the team's playing. So, you know, make of that what you will, I guess. And I I really don't think that There's too much to read into that there. He just has to adjust and realize that, you know, he finally has a coach who is capable and qualified to do their job, and um, they're not going to, you know, bend and break like his previous coaches. So the main storyline with the game was Rasmus Anderson taking – the puck after the game and Brady Kachuk skating after him and being like, Hey, uh, that was our goalies first NHL win and give him the puck. And it looked like a really crappy move. It is a really crappy move. And I guess that Anderson went on to say things like, Oh, um, didn't realize it was his first win. I gave it back as soon as you know, the ref said that and, you know, threw it back on the ice. Uh, it was a heat of the moment since they scored late on us. And he said he felt bad. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and dissect everything because I'm sure that going into the games, <laughs> Anderson and any other NHL player is not thinking of whose milestones it is, unless it's themselves or their teammates, things like that. But, you know, 
don't just don't take the puck. I don't think it's necessary to do that in any game, I guess. I don't know. Especially, listen, it's a two-to-one loss. It's not like you got blown out again against the Senators. And it just take the loss and move on. I think that, you know, one thing it really showed was kind of poor sportsmanship, which is not something you want to see from your team. But, um, you know, he's. I think it, you know, we can't let it get too blown out of proportion. I'm already a day late reporting on the news, so eh, it is what it is. But the teams meet up again today at 3 p.m. Mountain Time, which is such an odd game, or an odd time for a game in the middle of the week. I'm so confused <laughs> why they're starting a game at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Last night, I had Googled, like, just to make sure what time it was, uh, what time the game was, and I saw 5 p.m., so I figured, oh, there, it's a 7 o'clock game, but then I was like, wait a second, no, no, it's an afternoon game, because, well, the Flames, <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're two hours behind, but Google is set to my time, so it should be interesting to see that kind of dynamic, especially where the Flames are not necessarily strong in afternoon games and matinee games. So I am looking forward to their performance, but I'm also a little cautious, you know, kind of going with low expectations. The team has to go 16-6-1 if they want to make the playoffs. So, you know, expectations uh, should be a little low. <laughs> Personally, you know, I'm just not really entirely sure that this team should make the playoffs. But, you know, that's a whole nother segment. And coming up next, I'm, we're going to talk about the Tim Peel situation, which happened last night against Nashville. And we will get into that. But before we jump too far ahead, we are going to talk about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business where you can find all the parts your car or truck will ever need. My boyfriend replaced the antenna on his car just about two weeks ago now, and it was such an easy process. Went on, found what he needed for his Ford Fusion, and there he was, rockauto.com, typing away, and he put locked on in the how did you hear about us section, which I was so proud because that's what I tell y'all to do every single week. So head on over to rockauto.com and place your order for your antenna, windshield wipers, some blinkers, whatever your car needs and put locked on in the how did you hear about us section, rockauto.com. Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Last night, referee Tim Peel was caught on the broadcast saying he wanted to get a makeup call against Nashville, and I don't have the audio in front of me right now, but it was caught on the broadcast, and, you know, I think we're all very aware that soft calls and makeup calls happen quite literally every single game, and it's nothing to be surprised about, but it's something that does need to change, and... The NHL announced this morning that Tim Peel would no longer be working NHL games, and he was set to retire next month, um, the 24th of April. So what is there really to lose here? I mean, I guess, like, congrats on the early early retirement. 
they didn't say that he was fired or anything like that. They just said, oh, he's not going to be working games anymore. And I think the language there is important to note. Uh, Maybe that's just like the law student in me. (laughs) But I I don't think he was fired because if he was fired, then I'm pretty sure he would lose his benefits and, uh, you know, things like that. So (laughs) I just um, am interested to see what happens if they kind of give him a little send off once the season's over. Like, hey, thanks for all your hard work in the league. But I was also shocked to see that the league did something in terms of holding itself accountable for the integrity of the game. I think that everybody is kind of surprised when the NHL does something to hold itself accountable. I don't think that this sets a precedent by any means. I don't think that things are going to change about wake-up calls or wake-up calls, no, (laughs) make-up calls (laughs) and, you know, those soft penalties or anything like that. This doesn't really do anything. I don't think that this is going to, you know, kind of scare refs or anything because the only reason he's facing consequences is because it was caught on the broadcast, you know. It's not like it was caught, you know, by other the refs and someone turned him in and said, hey, you know, he wanted to get a makeup call in there. No, no, that's not the case. And I don't think that it's necessarily going to change anything. I don't remember if I already said that, but I don't think it's going to change anything. I don't think that, you know, refs are going to go out there and keep their comments to themselves. I mean, the like I said, the only reason it was caught was because of a hot mic. And that's just... The odds of that happening, again, this season are slim to none. But also, while we're on the topics of refs, I did just want, I did just want to talk about Noel Achari for a second. Noel Achari uh, played for the Bruins for a while, and now he's in uh, Florida with the Panthers. And I do not know what these refs have against him. And it's blowing my mind because they didn't call an obvious uh cross-checking last night he was cross-checked and he was down on the ice like he clearly had the wind knocked out of him and he was down on the ice for a bit no penalty was called it was a very clear cross-check like I watched the video and I was like what what is happening here and for those of you who maybe didn't watch the 2019 Stanley Cup uh Nolachari was tripped uh during game five against St. Louis and it led to the iconic tweet, uh, Noel Achari is tripped, St. Louis scores, unbelievable uh, tweet from the Bruins account, which is the most personality that that Twitter account has ever shown. But man, I, what is going on? Call the blatant calls and stop looking for ones that are not, that aren't penalties. <laughs> Start calling them for what they are. But Coming up next, we are going to talk about the Flames a little bit more and just kind of where I think they're at as a team and what the offseason could potentially look like. And we are going to, unfortunately, talk about breaking up that second line and saying goodbye to Johnny and Monty. But first, a word from our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the greatest tasting protein bar out there. They taste just like candy bars. I think my favorite thing about them is that they taste like candy bars and it doesn't taste 
like I am eating sandpaper or eating something super chalky when I'm getting my protein in for the day. I absolutely love that they are high in fiber, they are high in protein, low in carbs, and they're great for anybody who is on keto, who, you know, is looking to maintain their weight, lose weight, and they come in so many different flavors that it's wonderful. And you can head on over to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on15 to get 15% off of your next order. March Madness is in full swing right now, and I'm sure all of your brackets are a bust. But if you head on over to Bet Online AG and sign up for your free account today and use promo code locked on with your first deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus and start placing some bets on some March Madness. You know, UConn knocked out Syracuse in the men's um the men's tournament and the women's tournaments going on. You can most definitely place bets on some hockey, some baseball, some reality TV, whatever your heart desires. But head on over to Bet Online AG and use promo code Locked On to sign up today for your fifty percent welcome bonus. Hey guys, it's Jess here, and I am just hopping in to remind you to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode of Locked on Flames, and we will get to your phone or device, your listening device, every day once a new episode drops. Like I mentioned earlier, the Flames do play Ottawa again this afternoon, and I again, I think it's fair to have low expectations going into these games. I think it's fair to have low expectations for the season in general. Uh, you know, they have, I believe it's like 22 games left. Maybe a little bit. No, definitely more than 22. Uh, but they have just about half, a little less than half their season left. And I, oh, I'm perfectly okay with them missing the playoffs. I've said that a bunch of times. I don't think that this team is worthy of a playoff spot, and it'll just be a big disappointment if they get in. So if I were Sutter, I would really start taking a look at Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan. I don't know how much longer these two can work together. It's a shame because they're both really good friends, and they're good hockey players, but I do think that Gaudreau needs to be on a line where he is not carrying all of the weight and carrying his <laughs> his line mates around. You know, he has had a rotating right winger, and Monday it was Sam Bennett because Brett Ritchie was out. But having Brett Ritchie on Gaudreau's wing is such a disservice to... Gaudreau, I don't understand why why that's the case at all. Uh, I would really like to see Gaudreau find, you know, a stronger center and a stronger winger. Now, do I think that that means something's going to happen where he gets shipped out of Calgary? I don't know. Do I think that Calgary should move on from Sean Monaghan first? Probably. I think that that's probably the most reasonable uh, you know, option. But then again, Gaudreau is up for uh, free agency at this season, at the end of the season, and you have not heard anything about contract extensions or anything like that. So it's interesting to see what 
what the future holds there. And since the coaching situation is under control, I do think that Tree Living will have a busy offseason and he's going to have to shake things up. There's no excuse at this point. I think that everyone has kind of seen what they have to work with. And unfortunately, I just don't think it's enough. I think it's time to make adjustments. And I know that it's going to be hard to move on from players, like emotionally for the fans and things like that. But I think that spots along the blue line and that second line really need to really need to be given a second look and hopefully be examined and improved. But that's all I have for you in this first episode of Locked on Flames. And I will be back later tonight with a post-game recap. And thank you all so much for tuning in. I'll see you all later. Bye-bye.